Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the 23rd episode of Don't Be Broke, Be Rope. I am your host, Adrian Solomon. Excited to have you guys here for just another exciting episode today. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can get all the new episodes hitting up. If you haven't listened to some of the old ones, look at some of the topics, listen to which ones you feel is best for you, or listen to all of them. Really appreciate it. Make sure you leave any comments and feedback as you see fit. For my loyal returning listeners, thank you. Welcome back. I appreciate you. Appreciate the the comments and, and the feedback that I've been getting online, social media and email. We really appreciate the positive vibe. So on today's episode, I'm not going to specifically talk about one individual topic or account or or thing. Past couple of weeks, we've talked about Roth IRA. We've talked about investing in index funds to build generational wealth, you know, 529s, etc. But today I want to kind of step back a little bit to talk about kind of the genesis, right? So in the past couple of weeks, or at least in the past week or two, as I've been meeting and talking to some folks, I realized that you know, it's weird because when I watch business news, they talk about the amount of liquidity that's out there, which is the amount of money that exists that's in people's hands that they're pouring in the market or whichever. And I've always kind of thought to myself, well, sure, you know, you have a bunch of hedge funds and institutional investors out there. But the more and more I start talking to people, there are a lot of people who are, you know, comfortable. They have barely any debt and they make good money, but their money is sitting on the sideline. So for anyone that can hear my voice, I'm actually speaking directly to you. And this is if you have non-emergency money sitting in your savings account, you are losing money. Like, I don't know if I can make this even louder than I'm saying it now. If you have money sitting in your savings account, which by the way, if you have emergency funds money, which you should have three to six months, depending on your income, depending on your family, et cetera, three to six months emergency fund sitting in a savings account, which by the way, if you have it in a savings account, make sure that it's a savings account, at least it's giving you 0.4, 0.5 annual percentage yield so that you can get something for the money that you're in there. Right. There are some that even provide bigger than that. But outside of that, outside of that, your money should be working for you. Your money should be in the market in some capacity. So folks look at the stock market as a way to lose your money. And that's only true if you don't know what you're doing. And even then, you actually could basically not know what you're doing and still make a lot of money and still make money and still grow your money and never lose your money. I think it's important for you guys to understand this fact is that money sitting in your savings account is going to cost you money. And you're probably asking yourself why. Well, there's a simple word for it and it's called inflation. That is what your money is worth today is not going to be the same a year from now. It's not going to be the same two years from now and so on, which is to say 
If you're putting your money, and I'm just going to use an example. If you have a thousand dollars sitting in an account today, okay, let's just say that account gives you 0.09 yield, which is the national, which was at least the national average in 2019. So after a year, right, you'd have a thousand and nine dollars, right? That sounds about fair. So if you have a thousand dollars sitting in your savings account and you're getting 0.09 yield after a year, you basically earn 90 cents. So you'd have what a thousand dollars and 90 cents, right? Sounds about fair. All right. If the inflation rate is 0.1.5%, which by the way, I'm being really conservative, but if the inflation rate is 1.5%, right? That would basically cost you $1,015 a year later. So what would cost you $1,000 before would have cost you $1,015 a year later. So you're effectively behind by $14.10 considering if you made the $1,000.90, if you made that with the interest that you earned, you're basically behind $14.10 due to inflation, even though you've earned that interest of 90 cents, right? So I used a very small, basic example with $1,000. Well, it only gets worse the more money you have. In addition, the money doesn't grow, right? And you want your money to grow. So let's sit back and look at another example. So the idea of inflation is that over time, your purchasing power decreases, okay? I actually posted this on my IG, on my Instagram, and I remember seeing it and it really kind of brought everything everything up to light to me when I saw it initially. Back in 1967, right, when the Big Mac was first released at that time, you could actually buy the Big Mac for 45 cents. That was in 1967. In 2019, Big Mac is $3.99, okay? In 2040, so basically in 20 years, that Big Mac will be $5.93. So the 2040 price is is an estimate based on kind of the future value of the 3.99 compounded at a 2% annual rate, which is 2% inflation. Don't, Don't worry about that piece. However, Basically, what I'm saying here is the burger didn't change. The burger's the same, but you're paying more for it, right? Why are you paying more for it? Well, because that's the whole point of inflation. Inflation is you pay more for things later on in life, so your money is worthless if it sits in your account. Why do you think Bitcoin has garnered so much attention lately? It has... Because it's another way for people to put their money in an asset that grows. And when Tesla and PayPal and MicroStrategy and and Square and some other companies are putting some of their cash, it's because it's doing more for them in Bitcoin than it is sitting in some kind of a bank account, right? Regardless of how great that bank account yield is, why not put it in a place where it's going to grow, right? Now, 
we can have a fundamental discussion about Bitcoin itself and is it worth putting your money in it. But nonetheless, that is one of the reasons why for it. What's worse is for everyone who keeps talking about, oh yeah, what about my government check and send me my check, government, send me more money. And the government keeps printing out cash. All it does is devalue the cash that's in your bank account. It devalues it, right? So why keep it there when you can actually put it into work for you? And let me give you another kind of crazy example. Let's just say you have $40,000 or $50,000 sitting in your bank account. You go ahead and put that money in your bank account. You think that money is there? You think that bank is holding on to that money in your bank account? No, they actually took it out and invested themselves. They're actually loaning it out with interest to get it back, to get more money for them, right? Maybe they also invest in Bitcoin. Maybe they invest some other way. They take some of their cash and basically back some new company that's going to come out or some new product. They invest it. Why? Because it doesn't do them any good for the money to just sit there, right? Now, there are ways to protect yourself from a risk perspective to make sure that you're not losing the money that you work so hard for. But that's the point of holding your money long term. Keeping your money long term in a savings account is not going to help you. If inflation on average is 2% every year and you're 30 years old, think about what that money will be worth in 20 or 50 years. Nada. Because it's not growing enough for it to actually offset the cost of goods in 20 or 30 years. All right. Now, there are some things that are basically kind of like inflation proof, and that's mortgages, life insurance, auto loans, whichever. But when you look at areas that represent like your consumption, that's when things really start to get interesting. So your dining out expenses, you think like a meal at the restaurant is going to be the same? Nope. The utilities will be more car fuel. There's a reason why people show you what gas price was 30 years ago compared to now. Right. Groceries. Same thing. You hear about your grandparents or your parents talk about how cheap things were. Why do you think that is all about inflation? That money sits in your bank account. It loses value because it becomes more expensive later on. And so if you're not growing that money to basically keep up with inflation, all that saving was for nothing. Right. Travel, entertainment. I don't know if you guys ever think about this, but when movies come out, and they're like, oh, yeah, the movie made a billion dollars in the box office. And it takes in consideration inflation. Well, because just because a movie did $200 million in 1980, what would that have been in 2021? Well, because the cost of tickets are different today than they are they were back in 1980. So all these things are, are things that are taken into consideration, right? There are other things that could be impacted that you might want to think about. Auto insurance, cable, internet, phone bill, like those things may also be more expensive later, which is why when I talk about retiring and making sure that you're set, that's why people put their money to work. That's why you have money in the 401k. That's why you have the money in the IRA. That's why you have money in the HSA. That's why you have money in the regular brokerage accounts for it to continue to grow. Because when you are ready to retire, you have to think about, can you live right? On the lifestyle that you're living today, 20, 30 years from now. And that means $50,000 today is not 
$50,000 tomorrow. And that's an important thing for you to think about. I know we get caught up in the moment and like, you know, my savings looking cool and that's cool. But what about your investments? Right? So how do you get past inflation? How do you get past this mentality of I'm too scared to put my money in the market? So for people who are starting, it's simple. Don't look at stocks. Don't look at Bitcoin. When somebody is, a, is not aggressive and someone is, if you're very protective of your money, then you want to be sure that what you're doing is going to work. And so the best way to do that is, I, like I've mentioned before, is that you put money in the market, you put it in an index fund. Okay. Put it in an index fund and that money will grow over time. So like, I know people are always fearful of what the market's going to do and how do I make sure I don't lose my money? Okay. So I'm going to basically share with you guys with some numbers real quick. So that way you kind of have an idea of like how your money is always going to be safe as long as you hold it for the long term. And my thing is like a lot of times people are like, well, you know, what if I need the money? Well, you can always pull the money out. It's not like the money's not yours. Of course, you'll pay taxes on it or whatnot. But the idea is that money should not be money that you need because we talked about this. You had some money on the side, right? You had some emergency fund and you had a little bit of extra savings money on the side. Cool. But the bulk of your money was in the market. So I'm just basically going to tell you for the past 20 years, okay, what the returns were in the S&P 500. Well, actually, yeah, 20 years. Let's start with 1998. So let's say you have put your money in the account in 1998. So the return for the S&P 500 was 28.7% in a year. You're not going to get that with any account. The next year, 1999, 21%, right? So already you're averaging something like 24-ish percentage after two years. Cool. Now, 2000, negative 9%. 2001, negative 12%. 2002, negative 22%. So now money's going a little bit down, right? You're still up and you consistently put money in the market. So you had three straight years of negative pieces there, right? Okay. 2003, 28%. 2004, 10. 2005, close to 5. 2006, 15%. 2007, 5.4%. So now you had, you know, you went from three straight negative years to five straight positive years, right? And all of those positive years, were way more than what you would have had if your money was sitting in your account, right? And more because the market goes back up. So you gain what you got and more, right? 2008, what happened? What happened in 2008? Market crash, boom, negative 37%, right? But we don't sweat it. Since 2008, okay? Since 2008, the market has been positive ever since until 2018. So for 10 straight years, so you had 27% in 2009, 15% in 2010, 
2011 was 2%. 2012 was 15%. 2013, 32. Following year, 14. 2015, 1%. 2016, 12. 2017, 22. 2018, negative 4. So 10 years, you had positive growth. And in 2019, 31%. Now, 2020, negative percentage because of the crash, right? Negative percentage was because of the crash. But every so often, you get a negative. But over time, your money grows, right? Your money grows. Compound interest. So if you have your money in an ETF or an index fund that mirrors the S&P 500, which is what I just talked about, top 500 companies in the country that are traded in the stock market, these companies will continue to do well for you over time. What happens if you decide to put your money in Apple? You can put your money in Apple, right? You can put your money in Apple. If that's what you believe in, Apple will go up, right? Apple will go up. But what if you think Apple will never go down? People said the same thing a little bit about, I think, Nokia or Motorola. What if that happens? That's why the S&P 500 is cool because you still have Apple. You also have Facebook, Google, Tesla, JP Morgan Chase, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, NVIDIA, Johnson & Johnson, all of them in there. So for you who are thinking about potentially losing your money in the market, that is unlikely. I'm not going to say it's not possible because you can lose money. If you decide to sell your money because you're selling on emotion, you're actually making decisions based on your emotions and you're like, oh my God, the market is red. Which by the way, that's when you should probably take some of your cash that you have sitting down and drop it in the market. Why? Because if you put your money in the market when it's red, when it's down, you make quadruple your money, right? So if you put it in the S&P 500, at least, you don't have to worry about the risk of potentially being in one stock, right? So I just want to basically talk about one more thing in regards to kind of like the returns. So again, it's about making sure that you're maximizing what the actual stock market can do for you. Right. And as I'm making sure that you guys are understanding investing, I don't want you guys to get too bowed down into the minutia of how do I pick a stock? Like if you want to pick stocks instead of actually going inside an ETF or an index fund to invest, pick stocks, you know, okay, pick stocks, you know, you buy Jordans. Why don't you buy Nike stock? Right. Why not buy Nike stocks? Like, are you afraid Nike's going to go out of business? Nope. Right? You use Amazon all day, every day. You have Amazon Prime? Why don't you buy Amazon? Right? You use Facebook every day? Instagram? What's up? Buy Facebook stock. Let me guess. You got an iPhone? Why don't you buy Apple? Use Apple Music? Why don't you do that? Listen to Spotify? You think Spotify is cool? Who do you bank with? Bigger America? Chase? Why not? Right? Like, why not use PayPal? Do you have Disney Plus? Do you use Netflix? Like, those companies are massive. They're big. They're growing still. They provide value, right? So if you're wanting to invest, you want to invest in stocks because you don't, 
You feel like the index fund is, I don't know about all that. I don't know what Adrian's talking about. Then there's ways for you to actually invest in the companies based on what you know. Don't try to like reinvent the wheel. Know the business to help you invest in the business. Because if you know the business, you understand the business, it's a lot easier for you to be an investor in that business, right? Because you know how it works. That's one of the reasons I don't got a lot of money in Bitcoin, because I think it's complicated for me to understand how it works. I'm not saying it's not a good semi-investment, but for me, it's complicated. And so for me, in my investing style, I need to understand how it works, right? So I rarely put a substantial amount of money in anything that I don't know or understand. So it should be the same for you. And if you're investing in individual stocks, if you're doing a basket of stocks, right, then you can just get in simplest way, which is to get into VOO or SPI or VTI or, you know, some of the name escapes me now, but these are all stuff that either follow the broader market or follow the S&P 500 and you're good. You don't have to worry about it. You know, you keep doing your thing. And then as you become more engaged and you start doing a little play money on the side and you want to start buying stocks, then you can do that. But please, let's remember that the stock market is a vehicle to help us build wealth. It is not only for the rich. It's for everyone. It's just a matter of how we use it. Savings account, bruh, I cannot stress this enough. It should be there because you need to be able to access quick money that you need for emergencies there. But outside of that, your money should be in the market in some capacity. And by the way, if you have a side hustle that helps pays for your expenses, which by the way, if that happens, then you're balling. If you have side hustles, that the income from your side hustle is paying for your expenses and your income money can just go in the market, you'll be retired in about 10 years. And that's the beauty of investing. The beauty is the more money you put in, the more your money works for you. And you can get to a point right? Where you have a portfolio of about a million, million and a half, two million dollars, depending on how much you've been investing. And you can draw from that money every year to live within retirement. And that portfolio or portfolios would pay you dividend that at this point you can use as additional income on top of the money that you're basically pulling out. So why? Why mess with the savings account? What you going to do with the savings? You going to build a million dollars in there? How? I need someone who listens to this podcast. Tell me how they can actually build a million dollars in their savings account without putting a substantial amount of money in there every year. That is the challenge. You can't. Unless, like I said, you can make 50K a year and be a millionaire by putting your money in the market for a substantial amount of time. If you make 50K, unless you're putting the entire 50K in the savings account and you save it for 40 years plus, maybe, not going to be a millionaire. So 
How do you expect to live and actually build wealth by money just sitting in the saving account? Which, by the way, if you have $50,000 or $70,000 sitting in your account ready for retirement, that's $70,000 might really be worth 50 k because it's not really doing anything there. So it's really a matter of understanding what's available to you to help you build your portfolio, build your money. Don't spend it. Don't waste it. Don't save it in the savings. Make sure that you're basically building wealth by investing it. So that way you can retire clear and make money not only for you, but for your family and for your kids, because that's the idea of it. I hope you guys found this episode to be informational. I, I think that it's important for folks who feel that they, sh- they should have separation anxiety with their money, that it's actually in better hands. You're not spending it. When you invest your money, you're not spending it. You're making your money work for you. And if I could show you examples to where your money doubles, you know, you'd be like, that's a good bet. But that's never going to happen in the savings account. And some of you might say you'd rather keep it that way because you don't want to see the downside, which is when it doesn't double. Well, unless you're doing something very short term, I would not worry about it. Because if you're doing it long term, you're going to win. Short term, not really. Right? That's why day traders lose more often than they then they win. So thank you guys for uh, joining me for this episode. I hope this was enlightening. Questions, feedback, comments, make sure you hit me up on Instagram. Don't be broke, be woke. Leave comments and any questions you guys have on there. Love y'all. Appreciate you. Remember, stay woke. Don't be broke. Talk to you guys next week. <laughs>